0: Good morning, New Life. Welcome, welcome. Uh, again, glad to have a chance to preach for, for Doug. I know I don't know exactly when they got in last week and all, but he asked me again to preach this week, so I told him I would. And I, I again, always appreciate, appreciate the opportunity to get up here and preach to you. Um, so, you know, last week, major success. I preached on godly fathers, godly men. So I just thought it would be fitting if I preach this week on on virtuous women and forgotten virtues. So uh, I want to bring that to you today. Um, Again, it's kind of funny how it goes. As I've told you before, i preached and and, um, I knew about I was going to preach on godly men. But then I I knew, I said, well, Lord, you know, um, I I feel like if I'm going to address the the men, I should address the women. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll do virtuous women. Whenever Lord, that opens up. And then, of course, whenever Doug asked me, he said, hey, can you preach two weeks? And So it does all fit right in. So I believe this is what God would have us to to hear today. Uh, Virtuous women, forgotten virtues. Now, virtue is a quality considered morally good or desirable in a person. So, you know, God, just as God uh, gives a charge for men to be godly, and not saying that women can't be godly too, but that's where the charge goes. The charge is for men to be godly, to be an example, right? How others should be godly. The charge is for women to be virtuous, that others might see them and be virtuous. So that's how God designed it. Now, there is a list. If you go online and look on the list of virtues, there's a a list of virtues. Now, probably where you're sitting, you can't really see all those, but that's 52. 52 virtues. Okay? And um, there's actually some lists that are even more than that that I've found. So... We find our, our idea, this, this biblical idea of a virtuous woman from Proverbs chapter 31. And in Proverbs chapter uh, 31 and verse 10, uh, the writer here goes for uh, 21 verses on a virtuous woman. Starting there in verse 10, we're going to read the first verse. He says, who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies, he says. Now, in this particular passage, it says that King Lumel is the writer or the, the person who said these truths. Some people think that's this somebody that, um, that was around at that time. Others think that is like a pen name for Solomon. I, I kind of like the idea that it's Solomon because, see, Solomon had somebody that he knew about that was a virtuous woman. It was his great-great-grandmother, Ruth. And in Ruth chapter number 3, verse 11, it says here when Boaz is talking to her, he says, And now my daughter, he says, Do not fear, I will do for you all that you request. For all the people of my town know that you are a virtuous woman. Now, not that there wasn't other virtuous women in the Bible, but she was the only one to be given that title. What what a commendation, uh, um, a a commitment. I I can't even say the word. What's the word I'm thinking of? Thank you, commendation for her. So so this is something we really need to look at. Five forgotten virtues that maybe are all kind of overlooked in our Christian walk, but are important, I want to bring these to you today. The first one we're going to look at is honor. Honor. Honor is strength. I'm sorry. Um, Proverbs chapter 31, verse 25, that's what it says. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. Now that's, again, Solomon talking about the virtuous woman. Honor. Honor is is kind of... um, it's kind of lost to us today, um, especially when you talk about uh, honoring one another. Uh, it, it's just not—it's not liked, and I think it's our society has kind of created that. You know, the saying is said: "Respect is earned, honor is given. Respect is earned, and honor is given." So. Um, Jesus said in Mark chapter number six, he said, but Jesus said to them, he said, A prophet is not without honor, except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. See, the word there without honor is to dishonor, to treat as common or ordinary. That's what that word means. See, when you dishonor somebody, you're you're treating them as, as just common, as as nothing special. While honor means to value. For respect, to highly esteem, to treat as precious or weighty or valuable. <clears throat> I got a piece of paper in my Bible. Just a piece of paper. Looks like it was uh, ripped out of one of those little notepad books that you have. This piece of paper has been in my Bible for 16 years. 16 years. It's been a bookmark in my Bible. Now, this is just a piece of paper. It doesn't mean nothing to you. See, but for me, this I have honor for this piece of paper. Because back at a low time in my life, whenever I guessed the reality of that the Christianity that I was involved in, of all that Phariseeism and the hypocrisy and the, all the esteeming one another in the seminary I was in, kind of just hit me. One of my kids, a little kid, saw that, asked me, what's wrong, Dad? I said, nothing. It's okay. He could tell something was wrong. Here I was graduating, whatever, and I could just, it just hit me, man, I don't want to be in this anymore. So they made me a little gift. It's a little picture of a hat, graduation hat. It says, great job, with three exclamation points. See, this might not mean anything to you, but see, this has value to me. I honor this. It's my choice. It's just a piece of paper with an ink pen they had at church. And colored it. You see? Respect is earned, but see, honor is given. It's a choice you make. Now, honor builds up. It believes the best. It it sees value in something. Dishonor tears down. It believes the worst. It devalues things. Now, respect is earned. Honor is given. That's a good saying. Problem is, is that, you know, when, when you read books and... Even the Bible and translations, different translations, they they kind of switch that word around. Because, see, respect is the broader term, while honor is the more narrow. Kind of like belief and faith. See, belief is the broader term. Belief is used for both intellectual knowledge and heart knowledge, right? But faith is specifically talking about the heart knowledge. The Bible says the devils believe, see, intellectual, but they don't have heart knowledge, well, the Bible all the time talks about how people came to believe in Christ and came to believe on the Lord, and that means both, both head and heart. So respect is kind of used the same way. So you have to look at the context of how the passage is being said to know is it respect that is earned or honor that is given. And I say that because we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33. And here it says, nevertheless, it says, Paul said, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife. they just talking about husbands, right? Love his wife as himself. You take care of yourself. You do stuff for yourself, gentlemen. You look after yourself. You should do the same for your wife. And then it says, and let the wife see that she respect her husband. But that's the, that's the, the broader term with a m- narrow meaning of give him honor. He might not deserve it, right? He might not have earned it, but you give it to him. You got a little kid. He couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, right, with a missile. But when he goes out there and he plays his game, oh, Tommy, you did so good. Oh, Tommy, you were, so, you were so awesome. Okay. He never even played in the game. He just sat on the bench, right? Susie goes out there and she does her dance and her routine. She looks like a headless chicken. But you tell her, what, Susie, you are so, it was so Beautiful. Mommy brought tears to mommy's eyes, but you can't give respect to your husband. You see, it doesn't deserve it. I tell you, I'm, I'm, if, if I'm any amount of a godly man, I'm telling you, my wife, my wife contributed to that because she put value in me. She put value in me, even though I don't, I don't deserve it. I haven't, I still haven't fixed the faucet, <laughs> but she, <laughs> she honors me, and she tells me how great, you know, when we used to get up in the morning, <clears throat> we used to get up in the morning um, together because of uh, how things were, but co- with the corona, she can't, but every morning she'd get up, and right before I leave, and she'd give me a hug, and give me a kiss, and tell me how wonderful, and she's like, oh, you're so handsome, and strong, and so you're like Arnold Schwarzenegger without the accent. You're just so awesome, you know, she tell me. <clears throat> before I leave, and, I, and she built me up, man. She built me up. She put value into me, you know. And every morning before I leave, that morning before I, I'd go, I'd walk. I'd turn to her, and I'd just say, I'll be back. <laughs> and then I would go. But I'm telling you, man, What anything I got in me, man, my wife, she, she, she put that value I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. But, you know, honor is the one thing that God commands both husband and wife to give. You know that? It says here in 1 Peter chapter number 3, verse 7, it says, Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding. Come on, dwell with their wives, right, with understanding, giving honor to the wives. See, husbands need to honor their wives, too. Give them honor. Might not be earned, but you honor them. You put value. You believe in them worth that's how you look honor it's a lost virtue first peter chapter number two verse 17 says this he says honor all people the apostle peter says honor all everybody you know everybody you should give honor they might not earn it especially those people driving on the highway next to you but you give them honor love the brotherhood fear god honor the king he says honor you know in the um in the, the, the prison, when I, I had a position in the prison where um, all the new guys coming in, I had to do an orientation with them. So um, I'm, I'm in this room by myself with a lot of guys. And uh, they've been in prison probably a week, so there's a lot of uh, things to prove and, and attitudes and things like that. And so I would give a little speech every time I get up there. And I would tell those fellas, I would use the word respect, but I would say, you know, I don't know you from Adam. I don't know what you did or how you got here, but I'll tell you what, I believe I lead by example. I'm going to give you respect. I'm going to give you respect right off the bat, but I expect it in return. That's what I'd tell them. Man, respect goes a long way in that place. given someone honor, though they might not deserve it. Matthew chapter 15, Jesus said this, Hypocrites, he tells them. Hypocrites! Well, did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, he says. You know, the reason it's so hard to honor people is because so often uh, we don't honor God. Honor. Even Jesus gave honor. In John chapter 8, verse 49, it says, Jesus said, I do, I do not have demons. He, said, he told them, these people who were, who were um, his enemies and, and were chiding him and saying things. He said, but I honor my father. You dishonor me. I honor my father. I, I'm God. I'm God, and yet I honor my father. So you know, if Jesus, being God, can give honor, right? Then you know, then I I can give honor to somebody. I, I, who am I to say I'm better or above Jesus? That why should I give honor to them? Because Jesus, who's God, gave honor. It's a lost, lost virtue. Honor, man. When we we need to honor one another. Husbands, wives our family, our friends, co-workers, people we don't even know, people who don't deserve it, give them honor. It's a lost virtue. Secondly is purity. Purity. Purity means being free from con- contamination, free from immor- uh, immorality. Okay. Now, here in Ruth chapter number 3, Boaz says this to her. He says, Blessed are, are you of the Lord, my daughter, he tells her, for you have sown, shown more kindness at the end than at the beginning. And that you did not go after young men, nor neither rich nor poor. See, she had a, a a purity about her. And Boaz noticed that. In 1 Peter chapter number 1, verses 14 through 16, the apostle Peter says this. He says, As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance, but as he who's called you is holy, so also be holy in all your conduct. In all your conduct, he tells you, Because it's written, Be holy, for I am holy. Now show that picture if you would. That of all the list of the uh, fifty-two. Now maybe on the front rows you might be able to see, but you know you know what's kind of you know what's missing. Purity. They don't have purity as a virtue. I'm telling you, purity is a lost virtue. You know nowadays. Uh, the way our society is, it, it's 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 a shame to be pure. It, it's it, it's um, it made fun of if you're a virgin. You know that's because purity is based on morality, and morality is the is the the truth that principles make a distinction between right and wrong, good and bad. And our society doesn't want to know that that is right and that is wrong, and that is good and that is bad. So purity's gone. When I went through and looked at these uh, different lists and stuff, several of these lists did not have purity as a virtue. Man, what's our society? What's what's going on? But that's how, unfortunately, we've come to think. Then when the Apostle Peter talked about being holy, that word holy is a thing set apart for God's purpose. He says, you should be holy as God is holy. So that means I should set myself apart for God's purpose. So it's more than just sexual impurity. I don't have the verse here on the slides but Matthew chapter 5 verse 8 says blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. See at this time there was so much superficial religious hypocrisy and they all looked and they all tried to act like they were pure, but on the inside, Jesus said, you're full of dead man's bones. And so, you know, purity really has to start in your heart before it ever works out in your members. It's got to start in your heart. You know, like the video we watch, is more than just, you know, doing something immoral, but it's, it's what, what am I putting inside of me? But what, what, what am I doing? Am I you know, I'm I'm just taking on the world. Uh, the, the how the verse I know it says it says evil communication, where it means evil, evil conduct. Evil um, communication means the way of life, right? So, evil conduct corrupts good habits, good manners. It says you you're around impure things all the time. I know we have to live in this world, but but but, but I but I make a choice. Uh, I'm going to say something here. I'm sitting with some people that i don't want to name you need I'm sitting with some people watching a, a TV show. And a cuss word comes over. <clears throat> and I was like, man, so I, I changed it. I don't want to listen to that. And the person said, man, you listen to that, you, you work where you work? And you hear that all day. Well, why does that bother you? And I was like, well, let me tell you, where I'm at work, I can't stop what I hear and what I see. But in my own house, I have a choice. And I, I don't want that. Now, I can't help that I have to be in the world and I have to hear that stuff and see that stuff and, and, and that affect me, but I don't want it in my house. We're just not pure. And trust me, there's been many a show that I'd like, ah, that's just one word. I'm, okay, two. All right, five, but, you know. And I continued watching. Not very pure. Proverbs chapter eleven says this. It says, "As a ring of gold and a swine snout, so is a lovely woman who lacks discretion." <laughs> now, 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 hey, the men, the men are the same. Remember, we're looking at virtuous women and, and and that virtue of how we can learn from that, that charge to her. All right, goes the same for for the guys. Okay, but it is kind of interesting that you know, I'm driving the road and and you know you can see and and uh you know the other car and and i made a mistake and i i cut in front and and oh and the lady's there she's nice hair and jewelry and and stuff and and kind of maybe of the, of the more seasoned age bracket and uh, I, you know, roll down. one to one? I'm sorry. And instead, I get an earful and a mouthful of, of words I don't even, never heard in the prison. You know, uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, uh, rawr, rawr. woo. See, so it, it, if it's just a show, it's really just for nothing. If you just try to play the part, but purity's not in your heart. Proverbs chapter 31, he says this about, about the, uh, the the virtuous woman. He says, charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord man shall be praised. Not to saying that, you know, that you shouldn't look presentable and look nice, there's nothing wrong with that. But if that's all it is, it's just the outward appearance and not worry about what's in the heart. He said that, man, the, the, the woman who fears the Lord, the person who fears the Lord, man, that's the person who prays It's there's something about them. Honor, purity. Oh, oh, oh I'm gonna look at that picture. <laughs> That's a work of art. It's a bird. I don't know if you can tell. It's a bird. But that bird's made out of trash. Looks pretty cool. Amazing talent. You know, the colors and all that. But you know, it's still just a hunk of trash trash that's kind of what it is if you know we, if we're just on the outside if we're not pure inside right? honor purity honor purity loyalty loyalty you know people are loyal loyal to their teams loyal to their celebrities and they sit in line for hours you know to, to watch the this this movie coming out right and and they'll 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 bring tents and chairs and and sit out there for days to go to places, loyal to their entertainment, loyal to their the whatever brand of shoes they wear or the hat they wear or clothes and stuff, right? Loyal. Man, we're, we're loyal, believe it or not. It's not loyal to the right thing. Ruth chapter number 1 there in verse 14, it says, and then uh, when it, this is in the departing of the two daughter-in-laws and Naomi. It says, and they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah, that's one daughter-in-law, kissed her mother-in-law. It said, but but Ruth clung to her. Ruth was loyal. She was loyal. She was a virtuous woman. In Proverbs chapter thirty-one, verses eleven through twelve, the writer goes on and says this about a, a virtuous woman. It says, "The heart of her husband safely trusts in her, so she she will so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. Loyal." loyalty now i like this saying that uh pastor craig rochelle says it says disloyalty is dif- difficult to see in the mirror disloyalty is difficult to see in the mirror you, know, you, in the, in the, you look in the mirror it looks you look pretty good hey, I, I look like i'm pretty good i'm all right it's hard to see disloyalty. back in the book of ruth here in chapter number one whenever this parting of the ways came It says here, and she said, this is what she said, uh, Naomi said to her. "He said, look, uh, your sister-in-law, she has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die and there will I be buried. Lord, do so to me, and more also, if anything but death. Death parts you and me. See, Ruth knew that loyalty to her mother-in-law meant, and, and ultimately loyalty to God, meant a life of poverty, widowhood, to die in a foreign land, buried as a stranger in a foreign country. But that's what she was willing to do she was loyal to her and she was loyal to the God that she discovered through that family see true loyalty is proven not proclaimed you can say all day long how loyal you are but I'm telling you that's it's proven you have to prove your loyalty you have to prove your loyalty You know, when when it comes down to that, you know, I, I've I've seen in my life there's many many times, man, I just was not loyal to the Lord. I was not loyal. I just let other things get in the way and and other things keep me from serving Him and, and seeking His face, man. I just proved myself to be disloyal. So, how do you stand up? How do you look? Loyalty. What does loyalty mean? It says loyalty is to wholly trust or believe in to be permanent, unwavering faith. That's loyalty. You know, we, we go back and think about the Apostle Peter in Matthew chapter twenty-six when it says this in thir- verses thirty-three through thirty-five. It said Peter answered and said to him, said to Jesus, when Jesus said, "Hey, you're all gonna, you guys are gonna forsake me," and he said, "Even if all, even all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble." Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. The other disciples said the same thing. We always kick Peter under the bus, but all the disciples said the same thing. Jesus, we will never, ever forsake. Oh, the football game's on? Oh, is that that one of the series? I'll watch church online. I'll, I'll tape it. They're taping that thing. Isn't that what we do? We believe we're loyal, but man, sometimes when it's proven, when it comes down here. You know, I I always thought I was loyal to the church, you know, loyal to to be here. But I'll be honest with you, man. It was kind of rough sitting outside when we were (laughs) meeting out there and uh, sweating in the sun, running, wasting, not wasting my gas, but using my gas. I, went, I did say wasting, didn't I? Yeah. See that? I said, "Man, sure, I thought, man. I don't know how much longer I can do this. We might have to stay at home and watch this online. Not very long." Acts chapter number two. It says there when these new converts were converted at Pentecost when Peter was preaching. It says this, it says, And then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them, and they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Man, they were as, as often as meeting. Now, I'll tell you, that church, because what was going on, they were meeting every day. They They're meeting every day. Getting together, praying, encouraging, preaching, and these people were steadfast. Damn, wish I had some of that. In James chapter number 4, James tells his uh, the people he was writing to, he says, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. tells him. Double-minded. That's, that's a disloyalty. You know, disloyalty is born out of a divided heart. That's really what it is. It's because my 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 heart is divided between this and that. It's betwi- divided between, you know, well, my wife and maybe this, or maybe for you it's maybe it's your husband and, and something else, or... Your kids and this, or whatever, your loyalty is divided. And then that's why you have trouble. A lost, lost virtue, loyalty, loyalty. The fourth one is integrity. Integrity. It says there in Proverbs 31, verse 18, it says, She perceives that her merchandise is good. And her lamp does not go out by night. So the idea is that you know she looks and makes sure that you know this lady uh, apparently has a business of some sort, in selling selling merchandise, and she makes sure that what she is about to give somebody is good. This thing is what, what I, this is what I'm selling them is exactly what it's supposed to be. It's good. It's all working. Everything. All right. I don't want to sell them a lemon. I don't want to. I don't want to do anything you know wrong and 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 take them for granted. I want to make sure they get exactly and and a good product of what I'm doing. She has integrity. Isn't it funny how people are shocked by integrity? <clears throat> One of the places that, you know, delivers food and 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 you know, you drive up your car and they bring out food. Um, so we get home, we got bags of food that's not our food. We call them up. Hey, uh man, we got we got some food here that is not ours. I guess maybe somebody else's so they're, they're going to be missing. Oh, they're like, "Oh yeah, well, we're sorry about that." I said, "Well, we'll uh, we'll bring it down there." And they're like, "Oh, uh, well, uh, no, no, you can keep it. And I, no, it's okay. It's somebody else's. We're, we're going to bring it. Uh, you sure? I was like, yeah. You're going to drive back and drop it off? Yeah, sure. It's not ours. right. We're going to drive back to the place and drop it back off. Isn't it weird how just integrity, people are like, it's taken back by integrity. It's just not the norm. Celebrities, politicians, even... You hear about these preachers and stuff like that. Ah, oh, I knew that preacher was going to be like that. But why is that the norm? Why is it that That's what we think? Are we that tainted in our society that um, being corrupt is the norm? It's a lost virtue. Integrity. Integrity is doing what is right and just, whether whether or not it brings you personal gain. Doing what's right and what's just, whether or not you get anything out of it. Whether or not anybody sees you, anybody knows, you get a pat on the back, nothing you do, still do what's right and what's just. That's integrity. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 3, it says, the, the integrity of the upright will guide them, but the the, the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them. Integrity. In Job chapter 27, see, integrity was everything to Job. He said there in verses uh, in verses 5 and 6, he said, Till I die, I will not put away my integrity, integrity from me. My righteousness I hold fast, and I will not let it go. Now, he's like, I, I, I will not be corrupt, he's saying. You know, the opposite of integrity is hypocrisy. And Jesus, Jesus was harder on the hypocrites than he was on the prostitutes and the adulterers. He was harder on the hypocrites. See, when you when you when you're you, you compromise your integrity, you're taking a gamble. You're taking a gamble of gaining on that lie. Benefiting off of your deceit. You lie on a resume to get a job? Take some stuff from work. You know, oh, I need that. I need some paper from the, for the house. See, grab you some paper. Falsifying an expense report. You overbill somebody or cut corners so you can save money. Exaggerate to be liked. Every preacher does that, so, right? Cheat to get a better grade. See, we. We sacrifice our integrity for a benefit, and that shouldn't be like. Shouldn't be like. So you got honesty, loyalty, purity, integrity, and gratitude. Gratitude. Now it's been said that gratitude is not is not only the greatest of the virtues, but the parent of all the others. Now, that's a good statement. Pretty close, probably. Well, I tell you what. that, That that that. heart of gratitude really does reach a lot of things. It really goes a long way, and it really contributes to a whole lot of a better spirit and better outlook in life, being grateful. In Ruth chapter number 2, verse 11, again, talking about this virtuous woman, Ruth, Boaz says uh, when, when him and her are discussing about him redeeming her because uh, of her family line there that she got married into, it says, so she, that's Ruth, she fell on her face when Boaz offered this for her and she bowed down to the ground and said to him why have i found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since i am a foreigner since she was from another land right is gratitude she had gratitude see the entitlement is the opposite of gratitude entitlement i i I deserve it you know i i should get this that's the opposite of gratitude i'm privileged i i have i should get special treatment that's entitlement I mean, I tell you that that is just pervasive among our society. It says there in Luke chapter number 17, it says, Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem, this is Jesus, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And when he'd entered a certain village, there met him ten men, ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voice and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now understand that there is no cure for leprosy at this time. And leprosy is is just a terrible disease and they would had open sores and, and oozing and it was it was a terrible thing and it would attack the nerves so not only would it be it would be painful but yet also they would lose the feeling of touch and so any nick and cut and all that that they would get would get infected if they didn't clean it it was just a terrible thing uh, there, there was instances that they would they would go to bed at night and when they wake up because they, they can't feel uh, a rat had come and eaten part of their finger they didn't even know it it's stuff like that happened. These people had to keep a distance from everybody else. And when they, whenever uh, people came around, they'd have to call out, unclean, unclean, so people knew they were lepers. So not only um, were they shamed and were they, they were put away and they were, they were miserable, but also they had no really human contact. They, and there was no hug, no intimacy. It was, it was a terrible life. It was a terrible way to be. And these ten men from across the way, because they couldn't get close, they called out to Jesus. Have mercy on us. And so this is what happened here as it continues on in verse 14. It says, so when he saw them, Jesus saw them, he said to them, go, show yourselves to the priest. And that's what they had to do by the law. They had to, if they were cleansed, they had to show themselves that they were clean from leprosy. So they're now they're taking this chance. They're going to they're start heading to the priest, even though they got leprosy. And, it says, and so as it was, as they went, they were clean. As they turned to go, they were clean. And it says that one of them, only one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice and glorified God. And he fell on his face and at the feet of Jesus and giving him thanks. And he said, and and, and he was a Samaritan. He he himself was a foreigner in the land. And Jesus answered and said, were there not ten clean? Ten cleansed? He said, where are the other nine? This is the only guy that's come back to glory to God. See, the challenge is, is that, you know, will will I be one of those ones? Will, will I be the one? Will you be the one to come back and give thanks? You know, will you be the one to um, tell your spouse, <clears throat> appreciate all that you do, appreciate you putting up with me? Will you be the one to be thankful to a, a parent that's helped you out, a co-worker that, uh, did part of the work for you and stuff like that and, and uh, you know Made the numbers or whatever and you hey man. I appreciate you doing that for us man. That really means a lot. I mean are you gonna be the one to, to turn back and show gratitude? Maybe it's somebody in the church is working and serving Doug the workers and people say hey man. I appreciate all that you do the band yeah, Are we gonna be that one to give gratitude show gratitude? says there in James chapter 1 verse 17 it says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow turning. saved or lost Christian or non-Christian we should all give thanks in Philippians chapter number four it says not that I speak in regard to need Paul said for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound everywhere in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and suffer need I can do all things through Christ right? right. you know the, the two attitudes we tend to have is is the attitude of I want it now and and I deserve more I want it now right I want it now look, look at that let's look at that one put it up there I, I want it now what's that stupid commercial yeah JT went word it's my money and I want it now Right? But that's how we are. <coughs> in the prodigal son, it says there in, in, in Luke chapter fifteen he said and he said that certain man had two sons and, and, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. I want it now. I want what's mine now. Okay, I don't want to I don't I don't I don't I don't want to wait. I want to bypass hard work, diligence, planning, God's reward for being a good steward. I want to bypass all that. I want it now. The other one is, I deserve more. I deserve more. In Luke chapter 15, the other prodigal son, the other son that stayed, said this. He said, so he answered, the father said, he answered his father, lo, these many years I have been serving you. I I never transgressed your commandments or at any time, and and yet you never gave me a a young goat that I might make merry with all my friends. Of course, he had everything, but he wanted more. Yeah, I love that skit. That the, that they do when that girl has that little can of coke, right? And she, Jesus says, hey, and and he gives these two people a can of coke, and she opens up a little bitty can of coke, small. And oh, thank you, Jesus. He's yeah, no problem. And the other person opens up; they got a 20, 20 ounce can of coke or bottle, and they're like, oh, thank you, Jesus. And she, and the person got mad. Like, Man, Jesus, why did I only get eight? And they got twenty. He's like, well, I, because that was you. I was thinking of you. I wanted to give you that. Yeah, but they got more. I want more. So he goes, okay, I'll go get more. So he goes to get more. Then someone comes back. And they've got a leader. And like, wow, look at this leader. And, her, and the person that only had eight ounces, is like, that's not fair. And then the other person that only had the 20 ounce came back and said, Look, I got an upgrade. I got two liters. And they're both, Oh wow, and these other two are like this, and this one only has the eight ounce. And then Jesus comes back with a 20 ounce because she wanted more, but that one's got a liter, and that one's got two liters, and she's like, Well, what about them? He's like, Well, I just got you more, but that's I want what they want. I mean, that's how we are, man. I look and see you what they have and what that person has, I, I, want, they, I want that. I want more, more than what you give me. I'm not thankful for what God's given It's a lost virtue. In Proverbs chapter 31, 31, it says this. It talks about her. He says, give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. You know, that virtuous woman showed to be in tune with God. And she showed to be an example that others could look at and say, man, that—that that is someone who's following the Lord. That's what I need to be like. And she was such a great testimony, that virtuous woman. And we can learn from her, those virtues in, in our life that, that we tend to g- neglect. Yeah, there might be 52 up there, right? But but I think these are some of the five that uh, that we tend to overlook. But, but, um, especially in our society and our world, kind of makes us uh, kind of diminish. God, help us, Lord, to look at these and look at our own heart and see where uh, we could be better. Amen? Let's go, Lord. And pray. Uh, Father, Lord, I do thank you, God, for this chance to come, Lord, and I, I thank you, Lord, for the challenge of my own heart that I might be virtuous, Lord, that I might be honorable and, and to be faithful and to be loyal and to be uh, just you know, more in tune with, with the Holy Spirit. I might be more like Christ. I just pray, Lord, bless new life and all the things that we do here. God, that you might uh, just help us to be a testimony, a light to all that are around us, Father, that they might see the virtue of God in us as a church, as individuals. We ask these things in Jesus' name.